Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And he swings, hits it high and deep, and gone! Still going back! Welcome back to the call up. It is Tuesday, April 25th, and we are back on our top 100 breakdown. This time, prospects 40 to 36 here. Or, oh my gosh, 40 to 26. I swear, when it comes to this top 100 list, we can't do math. No. I apparently messed up the math on a K minus BB rate on the last episode, too. Um, for some reason, when I get in podcast mode, it's funny. I swear I like numbers. Get in podcast mode. I can't add. But anyways, Jack, 15 prospects to talk about. We're almost on the home stretch here, and uh, I'm excited. we're, We're getting to the final, final, final countdown. Yeah, so we've got 15 today. We've got 25 through 11 the next time, and then we've got the top 10 prospects in baseball. So this is the third to last top 100 episode. I think our bugaboo is subtraction. I've had some subtraction problems recently. Like addition is fine, but subtraction is the one that gets us. Yeah, so subtracting can be hard sometimes, man. I, it, it's, it's been a while since I've really, you know, brushed up on on those skills. So, yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, we got some good names, though, uh, and it's going to start with a name that is, I think is one of the more interesting topics and a guy that we'd probably be talking about plenty had he, you know, had he not been really up very soon to be discussed on this podcast. So uh, right before we get into that, though, too, uh, some interesting things going on around minor league baseball right now uh we we talked about abbott's promotion yesterday but tanner bybee got scratched from his start which blows because uh from the perspective of i was really excited for you to see him pitch uh but from the perspective of it might mean that tanner bybee gets a look at the big league level that's super awesome um so we're gonna wait and see there not totally sure what what the deal is with bybee just yet i think he's under consideration from what i understand to be promoted, but we don't know. Depends if it's rained out. What's going to happen? Like, what what are your thoughts there? You probably see guys get scratched and triple every once in a while. That doesn't necessarily mean a call up. I see guys get scratched and triple. The beauty of getting scratched and triple is most of the time you don't need to provide a reason, right? So, like that that's kind of the problem that we run into here. Um, yeah. Travis Swaggerty got scratched last week. Turns out he was headed to the IL. Um, Tanner Bybee got scratched today. That might meet a major league debut. Like yeah. the, the the tough part is I don't know. The only so thing I, I can the, confirm is he's healthy. I can yeah, confirm so he's healthy. That's it. That probably means good news. So yeah. like, yeah, getting that email in regards to Bybee this morning, I was like, okay. I mean, I can't even begin to draw conclusions here because I see guys get scratched for every which reason. Yeah. Good news is not injury related. Hopefully it means a promotion, uh, but you know we'll, we'll find out on that front. So let's get into the top 
40 prospects now. And we start with Drew Jones. And you like to talk about where we are, you know, relative to the rest of the industry. Drew Jones is a very, very talented prospect. Number two overall pick by the Arizona Diamondbacks in the 2022 draft because he's the son of Andrew Jones. He's an elite runner. He is an elite defender. Already made one of the best catches I've seen in center field. Like within the first five games, that catch, you saw that catch he made in center? Yeah. It was, it was magical. I, you could already see the, the, the starter kid of his father. Um, but that said, you know, there's a long ways to go to be able to hit like his father. And I know like Andrew Jones had some ups and downs with swing and miss ultimately was incredibly, incredibly, incredibly productive for the front half of his career. Borderline Hall of Famer. Drew Jones, you see the power potential. You see the speed. You see the defense in center field. What you don't see right now, though, is is the swing. Um, he needs a swing change. It's that simple. There's a lot of really talented prospects that have from high school that have come to professional baseball and need a swing change. And the Diamondbacks, uh, they've done a pretty good job of developing their, their high school talent over the last couple of years. You look at Jordan Lawler. You look at Corbin Carroll. Um, you, you look at Alec Thomas, who I know hasn't totally got his footing going at the big league level, but it's hard to call Alec Thomas anything but a development success. Um, even a Jake McCarthy at this later stage all of a sudden puts it together. I know he was a college guy, but point being, they've had success with developing offensive prospects. So there's no reason to believe that Drew Jones can't iron out the swing issues. But right now he is bailing out. Front side's leaving. Bat is dragging. You're going to get blown up like that. Um, it, it, it's just, I just can't put a guy higher than 40 with that kind of swing. Tools-wise, he's a top 15 prospect. When you when you factor in the pedigree and all of that stuff. But when you get the swing issue that he's had, I can't rank him higher than 40. I, I, like, I totally agree with you. The, the screenshots of the freeze frames that you have sent me, like he's in a really bad position to swing. And, mm-hmm. and I, I sent that earlier this year in regards to Victor Robles. So I guess throw it out the window because Victor Robles had a good two week stretch there to open the season. But like Victor Robles is a guy that is tooled out beyond belief, but there were some swing issues there and he never unlocked what we thought he could offensively. So I guess that's the doomsday scenario for Drew Jones, right? He never unlocks what the tools are capable of unlocking. Um, And that is if that swing stagnates. I don't think it will. He's 19 years old. He is as physically gifted a 19-year-old as as you'll find with so much room to fill out. Um, I would bet on this guy being really good and figuring it out because of that pedigree and because of that physique. Um, But you're right. There needs to be a tangible adjustment made. So what happens to when that front side leaves and the bat drags, you're just not going to be able to turn on anything unless it's out and around in a ground ball because yeah. you're going, your bat goes in and out of the zone too quickly. 65% ground ball rate for the first 10 games. He has not pulled a ball in the air. <laughs> Every single ball in the air has gone to right field. Again, think about it. Front side leaves, bat drags, bat comes under it. You're not pulling the baseball in the air. It would take perfect, perfect perfect meet up there of the barrel and the ball being in the, in the exact spot it needs to be. So obviously he knows this. Obviously the diamondbacks brass knows this. I, I think they'll, they'll work it out. Do you have where the rest of the industry has him? Cause I just think it's crazy how quickly they, they push this 19 year old with, with a swing. That's not there yet. to yeah. top 15 top 20 prospect status. Like 
I, I really think that's that's a little high. Yeah, so you've got them at 40. Baseball America has them at 24. Pipeline has them at 15. Of course. Uh, and Prospectus has them at 33. Prospectus, again. Prospectus, the king's over there. The king's over there. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Pipeline has the tendency to go very high on the draft, guys. And, you know, again, it's hard to blame them. They're very exciting. Yeah. Uh, next up. A guy that's been a prospect for as long as just baseball has existed, uh, Royce Lewis. I can't wait to graduate this guy. Not because I don't like him, just because he is—he's not a prospect anymore. This is a big leaguer who we're ranking at this point. Um, injuries, so much uh, you know, up and down. Uh, but this guy really figured it out last year, and, and that was the thing: is I was sold on what Royce Lewis was showing us. This was plus plus raw power he was popping 115s 116s um we're starting to see that translate into games still moves really well looks good defensively at shortstop they put him in center because they wanted to keep his bat in the lineup he demolished triple a pitching looked good in a short stint against big league pitching we'll see how he comes back from an acl but even if he's a 55 runner which i don't think will be i think he'll still fly um even if he's a 55 runner this guy hits the crap out of the ball. Like he doesn't need the wheels to be a good major league baseball player. That's why, despite all of these injuries, he's number 39. This is a guy that I was definitely too quick to, to jump off of, uh, was way too low on, uh, a year or so ago. Um, and, and this is one that I've want to like highlight. I was, I was very wrong because I thought there's no way he would change the swing. Talking about swing changes. This guy's made as dramatic of a swing change as you're going to find. And it's worked out pretty well. So uh, another athletic player who needed to change his swing. Here's an example at 39, one spot ahead. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, it's not prospect fatigue that's getting to him because like when he's been on the field, he's been really good and he has made tangible adjustments. This guy has been on six top 100 lists (laughs) so far in his career. He's been a top 50 prospect in baseball per pipeline since 2018. He's still a top 50 prospect in baseball. It's just incredible to me, um, like, how long this guy's been a great prospect. Unfortunately, it's not because, you know, he's waiting for things to figure out. Like, he's figured it out, who he is as a player, what his best traits are. Um, His problem is a a blown-up knee and, and other problems, other injury issues. So here's to hoping that Royce Lewis can finally get off these lists because I know if he misses the entirety of this year, he's a top 100 guy again for year seven. <laughs> yeah. I, at that point, do we throw the towel in? Like, I don't know. Maybe he's, he's 100. Um, like he, he checks in at hundred, but I, the thing with Lewis, just to highlight the swing adjustment, used to have a big leg kick. Another guy that used to fly open, toned it down to a toe tap, simplified the moves and it didn't come at the expense of any of his power. When you see a guy tone down the moves and put up the same exit velocities or better, that's as good of a of a sign or as an indication to sustainable success off of a tweak as you're going to find. Royce Lewis, he's not going to play the outfield. I don't know where they're going to fit him in um, because this is a, a very deep, deep, deep infield and outfield now too. Um it's going to be fun to see where, where they use him and, and how they decide to use him. Miranda's been struggling. He could fit in at third if Miranda continues to struggle, uh, but just another bat to add to the fold there in Minnesota. And by the way, before we move on to the next guy, uh, Alex Kirilov has been spectacular yeah. on AAA. He looks healthy. Wouldn't it be nice to see him You know, be able to be what, what we know he is capable of being? Um, you might see him before he gets up, no? 
We'll see. Uh, we're there mid-May, so I might catch a little bit of Kirilov. Um, but tell you what, man, like the Twins have something good brewing there with their bats and, and with their arms. I like Varland. I like Simeon Woods Richardson, who just got recalled again. Uh, Brent Hedrick was a guy that got recalled out of nowhere. Really interesting. Uh, they're doing something good over there in Minnesota on the position player side thing too. They're, they're so deep. This is a, I would say top to bottom, one of the better 40 man rosters, I think yeah, for with sure. all of the talent they have for sure. And um, another 40 man that would go pound for pound with them. though, is the Cleveland guardians. And the guy we were just talking about Tanner Bybee at 38 uh, right-handed pitching prospect, special talent. Uh, it was a guest of the show. Um, I say special talent because he wasn't kind of, he was he didn't come up that way. And I think what's special about him is that he's ticked up now twice. We've seen his velocity tick up from low 90s to mid 90s. Now we've seen him tick up from mid 90s to upper 90s. Meanwhile, no impact on his plus command. This guy is, I think, better than the 38th ranked prospect now. Every time I watch him pitch, I'm like, shit, should have pumped him higher. But, you know, this was pretty set ahead of the year. Um 38 is pretty darn high for a guy that's had one year of, of what he's done, fifth-round pick in 2021. But I think Bobby's going to get promoted pretty soon if he isn't promoted already as we're recording this, depending on what the scratched situation is. And I think he's going to be a really good pitcher for a long time. A lot of the similarities is Brandon fought, but actually higher velocity. Um, he looks – he's just, it's really hard not to like a plus fastball, plus slider, plus changeup, plus command. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to, to argue against that. Yes, it's really hard to argue against that. Also a guy that, what, topped at 99.8 in Worcester earlier. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's an 100-mile-an-hour fastball guy. It's electric, dude. I mean, it's a crazy fastball that just rides like crazy. Um, Bybee, he's not on the 40-man right now. So it'll be really interesting because they have a ton of 40-man arms, right? That's I mean, the they've problem. got – They've got Gaddis, they've got Curry, they've got Logan Allen, they've got Battenfield. I think Pilkington's a 40-man guy as well. Um, so they're going to add by – like, that's the thing. The Cleveland Guardians, they're going to add a guy to the 40-man if he's the major league caliber starting pitcher right now. Uh, at some point this year, they're going to add Gavin Williams as well, um, and they'll DFA somebody that's really good. We saw Oscar Mercado get thrown to the wayside. Um, I wouldn't call Mercado really good, but Mercado's <laughs> a guy that doesn't get DFA'd by many organizations, no, and the no. Guardians had to DFA him. One million percent. What's interesting about Bybee is – the, the the last start was his worst. Walked five. I don't think he's done that as a pro. Um, and again, the command's been spectacular otherwise. The first 11 innings in his first two starts, three walks, 15 Ks, only five hits, no runs. So, you know, that happens. Life happens. Um, but it would be interesting to get the promotion off of your – borderline worst start as a pro. I don't think I don't think they care because yeah. Bybee's that good um right. and that polished and if you listen to our interview with him from, you know, several months back, uh he's just that, you know, high-end makeup kind of player. Uh I wouldn't be worried about it. Uh but with the changeup looking like a potential fourth offering here that's at least usable. And so far this year it's been more than usable. It's been really good. He's thrown 21 of them and 17 have been strikes and only one hit against it. Um, this guy's got a legit four-pitch mix. Bybee, Bybee might it, – it's tough. Bybee might be right there with Williams. They, they're 1A, 1B at this point in that system. Williams has the projection as a physical dude, but he's a two-pitch guy. This is, this is close to me. I think it's 1A, 1B. Yeah. I mean, if you've got 60 fastball slider and change – I think he's better. 
Yeah, we're looking at a great pitcher here. But Bybee, I didn't, yeah, I didn't think he'd be 99 this quick. <laughs> like, no, but, I shit, I don't think anybody thought so. The, the thing that jumps out about Bybee is like there has not been a point in which he has struggled in professional baseball. So he jumps in 28 starts. He's got 150 minor league innings under his belt. He's got a 2-1-3 ERA. He's 10-2, 186 punch outs and 148 innings. Like this guy has cruised everywhere. He passed high A with flying colors. He got better in double. He got better in triple, even with that five walk outing. So, I mean, this guy, like he seems like the type of arm that you can push up a la Mason Miller, and he's just going to figure out a way to thrive. Absolutely. And I hope they do it. Uh, Looking forward to seeing that debut. Uh, Another big leaguer who we rank, uh, Oswald Peraza, 37 Shortstop, New York Yankees. I think Barraza might be playing an important role for this team um, that just can, continues to be hurt and just continues to be kind of limited in terms of their outfield help. I wish, you know, I wish they'd given Peraza maybe some opportunity to play a little outfield. He's such a superb defender in infield-wise, though, that it, it would almost be doing him a disservice to throw him in the outfield. Um, but the infield's kind of the one spot they don't totally need help. They, they need bench athleticism, whatever. But from the perspective of Peraza, I just really like this guy. I, I feel like they need to just either trade him or give him everyday reps. I don't know what else he needs to prove. He He's a, a plus runner, a good base dealer, a plus defender at short, um, and has the potential for above average power and, and solid field to hit. This is a guy that could be five fives across the board with a couple sixes in terms of the tools. That's a really, 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 really good player. He's obviously blocked by that Volpe guy right now. Glaber Torres has come down to earth at second base, so maybe that might be where they end up plugging Peraza in if he's a better option. But I, I love Peraza's tools. I think he's high floor, high floor, but I still think there's plenty of ceiling there. Just trade one of them for a starting pitcher, and I'm talking Peraza or Torres. Like They're not trading Volpe, so let's figure out the right way to go about this, right? And I mean, I would side with trading Torres because I love the up the middle tandem of Peraza and Volpe. And I think that Peraza. Yeah. And like Peraza is probably better suited for shortstop. I think Peraza is a better defensive shortstop than Volpe is. is. He is. But it's going to be like the it's a ridiculous example. But, you know, don't you think they knew that A-Rod was a better defensive shortstop than 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 Jeter? Yeah, but they wanted to lean into the narrative like, oh, Jeter's the Yankee shortstop. He's the captain. You don't think Anthony Volpe is going to be playing shortstop? That's so stupid, man. I yeah. mean, put the better defender there and move. <laughs> Volpe's been good, though. I'll give him credit. He's been He really, has really been good. good, but Peraza can be great. You yeah, know what I mean? He's almost a goal glover, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I, I'd say have Peraza sort of Volpe at second and, and trade Glaber Torres. I know they probably don't want to do that, and we are prospect heads. Like, we yes. have that prospect bias. Yeah. Um, and, you know, an established big leaguer is so much more exactly. valuable than yeah. the 37th-ranked prospect in baseball. So, um. I don't know. It's a really weird situation. I think that Peraza is getting almost screwed by the situation yeah. right now. Somewhat. Somewhat is. I mean, what he did last year, too, to the larger sample. Um, yeah, the, the numbers weren't as high, you know, OPS wise as you'd like to see between the big leagues and, and triple is right around 780. But he had 20 home runs, um, put bat on ball, hit the ball pretty hard and, and, and played the defense that we talked about and stole bases. Like this is a really, really solid. I think even worst case scenario, he's a bottom of the order glove first uh, speedster that 
you know, will surprise you with the bat from time to time. But I just I feel like it's more more likely that he's an average hitter with good with good defense and good speed. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think he's a really good piece, either a trade option or somebody that they're going to slide in there and somebody else is getting the boot. So I'm interested to see how they handle Peraza because I don't think this guy needs to be playing in AAA anymore. That's no, a, and being a quadruple A utility guy is not how you handle Oswald Peraza. That, that's how you handle Oswaldo Cabrera, who ironically is getting everyday reps right now at the big league level. Yeah. Um, so interesting how they're handling that. 36, another guy that's going to just add to this log jam in Minnesota. Brooks Lee, shortstop, Minnesota Twins. Somehow falls to number eight in the draft. I believe it was medicals, um, some red flags in the medicals. That said, he is one of the highest four infield prospects I can remember in some time. Um, just, I mean, we have a, we have a 70 future hit tool here. Um, the power has been a little bit more uninspiring than I thought, uh, but the defense has been a little bit better. It's, it's a very contact-oriented doubles guy who is going to play solid defense at short, great defense at second. Like I, I get why the profile may have put some teams off in the top seven picks. I don't get why the Marlins would side with a Jacob Berry over him. I, I will never understand that. Um, but I, I, like this is as safe as it gets prospect-wise, and that's why he's ranked so high. His ceiling and his floor are maybe as close as any – prospect you're going to find uh but when you have a guaranteed big league bat that can play up the middle and has the makeup and and all of the intangibles that brooksley has as a switch hitter it's it's hard to argue against that even if he might only make an all-star appearance or two i'm i'm trying to figure out kind of his start because when he was drafted feels like he and neto were kind of on the same track right Brooks it was ahead of by a lot of people, too. Yeah. Like, so, you know, I was thinking, all right, Lee jumps in, he, he gets to high A, and then a couple games in double. I was thinking, all right, like, Lee's going to start in double. He's going to be awesome. And and if they need somebody, I didn't think Correa was going to go down. But if Correa goes down, like, Brooks Lee could be the guy. I think similar situation to that of Zach Neto. But um, I, I'm trying to figure out what to make of his start. 14 games, hitting 263. He's got six extra base hits. He's slugging 440. Like, I would like the slug to be a bit higher. Granted, it's really early, and this is a Southern California kid. He went to San Luis Obispo, and he's playing in Wichita, Kansas right now. We are in Kansas anymore. But um, Lee is an interesting cat because if the power dissipates, then I think his prospect value may not plummet, but, but drop a little bit. Yeah. That's that's the big factor here. And his power grade for transparency was probably one of the harder to to peg because I, watching through those at bats, he's a guy that sees a fastball in the outer half, just slap it the other way for a base hit. But there were too many times where it's harder to do that at this level. There were some like hitters counts pitches where he's just rolling over or just. You know, it's kind of taking a B swing at a ball or even even counts, even even when you're behind in the count. I don't always want to see that that slap swing. I don't always want to like you're a shortstop. I want to see you take some hacks, especially because there is slightly above average raw power in there. Like he's flashed some juice to his pull side. He had a home run uh, pull side that was like 107, 108 that just just jumped off the bat. Um, he's he's pretty strong. 
but there's a lot of these swings that are just not designed to do anything but just put bat on ball. I appreciate that, but that's also going to lead you to a near 60% ground ball rate in your first pro season, which is what he did last year. Yeah. Um, and that's going to really sap the power. He's cut that drastically this year. So I think that's been a focus is to getting your A swing off a little bit more, pulling the ball a little bit more. Small sample, but the ground ball rate's down to 45%. If he lives right there, he's in great shape. So just something to watch. But when you have a plus field to hit, uh, at least average power from both sides of the plate, ability to stick it short, it's just such a safe sound profile. It's it's hard not to like that. For sure. And, and I think that there's been an adjustment in baseball thinking that has gone from if you got it, flaunt it, um, to – you know, like, hey, we, we see too many guys, you know, get that A swing off all the time. Yeah. Um, I appreciate really athletic guys that have good bat to ball skills flaunting it if they've got it. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. I do think that Jazz Chisholm is a really good example of that where, you know, Jazz is a guy that like can catch the K bug for a couple game spurts, but he's not a big strikeout guy. Dude swings hard as hell when he gets a pitch that he wants to hit. And like, I want to see Brooks Lee swing really hard a couple times. And, you know, that may not be his game. His game may be, I'm going to single to left every time. Um, but I like reserving that for a Stephen Kwan. I like reserving that for a guy that can't go pull side at 108. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And and that's the thing is like, Jazz is going to whiff way more than a, a Brooks Lee too. So like even taking that approach, like, he, he, yeah, sure. He whiffs a little bit more. You'll you'll give that up for a little bit more slug, and you know that Brooksley has it in the tank. For like sure, he has that there. So, so I'm excited. To it, see. Like, I don't I don't want untapped power in a top yeah. 100 shortstop. In a shortstop, yeah, no shot, no shot. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Like, it's that balance of like what what tool do you want to leverage a little bit more? The the, the answer is both, but not everybody can do that. So I'm excited to see how that looks. Another big leaguer, another guy that I think just got sent down. Did he not? Um, no, I think he's up. He's up. Okay. I thought I saw something pop up on my text, but Taj Bradley, right-handed pitcher, Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, how about this guy? <laughs> he's been great overall. Uh, just to see the flashes of, of what this guy can do, um, thrust it into the rotation faster than we thought um, because of the fact that Jeffrey Springs went down, Glass now went down, and they've had a lot of different guys, you know, kind of out of the fold. You could see the true 70 grade fastball, though, at the big league level. He was getting guys to swing at balls at their eyes over the last couple games when we saw him at the big league level. Um, and that sliders looks really, really good. Bradley looks like a middle of the rotation arm, man. Like I think it's that simple. He looks like a middle of the rotation arm. He's 22 years old. If that splitter slash changeup develops, he could even look closer to a, a number two type. Brother, they did option Taj Bradley that's again. Okay, that's what I thought. Why? I think it's just like he's like, can bring him back up. And in the meantime, they're trying to piece it together, like active roster wise. Yeah. So like they did this between starts one and two for him. Like he made his MLB debut. They optioned him and then they brought him up five days later. to make They better be giving him like a really, really nice gift basket and like very nice travel accommodations for doing. They, I mean, they better be putting him first class, right? I, yeah. I assume because he's this, is, in- this is for the sake of the team because so, right. it's a roster situation. They shouldn't even send him back. He should just hang out at the stadium. 
and then they just they just bring him back up technically like on that, the that's roster. why it's the even taxi league. squad was so good like the yeah. taxi squad you could just kind of hang around but yeah man i mean you fly into rdu which i i think raleigh durham international airport is is one of the more underrated airports in america so he does get that bonus but like he better be first class and he better <laughs> be getting like the second biscoff cookie on his flight um no, I mean, this guy's made three starts and he's 3-0. and that, That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And, of course, he's got run support. But the thing that jumps out most to me is 15 and a third innings, 23 punch-outs. Great. That's 13 and a half per nine. How about two walks compared to 23 punch-outs? This guy does not have command issues. And you see how good the fastball is. You see how good the slider is. The fastball is great. Can become a lead. The slider is good will probably, you know, transition to great yeah. as he becomes this this two-pitch guy. And the changeup is decent right now. You've got a 45 on his command. Shit, I think it's a 55 right now, to be it honest. Like, it is now. It is now. Or at least a 50, 50 slash 55. It, it's way better than it was last year. Like, it, it, it's just that simple. When I saw him go in triple, like, command was, was big league average, which is still really good for a 21-year-old prospect. But I agree. It looks it looks even better i mean he has been pounding the strike zone That's so far this year and, and my perception of his command you know even in the last couple of years could have been skewed because i'm just assuming that it's not going to be great like this guy is what you said 21 years old right he's 22 a very young 22 years old i was expecting a 20 year old in high a and then a 21 year old in double and triple to really struggle at points with command and he never did Mm-mm. So even though it's league average, nothing was egregious. I, I think that this guy is absolutely a three for yep. the best rotation in baseball. Which is which is insane, and I think there's even more to like there. What I love is, look, he's a high-spin fastball, good lineups. Sometimes they'll take you deep. It happens. But the way he was able to limit the damage against Houston, where he gives up the two home runs, three earned runs, but it's four hits, six Ks, no walks. So, yeah, they beat you, you, you on a couple pitches. You, you maintain your composure, you execute, you, you're not afraid to stay in the zone and at the top of the zone, which he wasn't, walks nobody and still punches out those six batters. So for me, that's very telling. We're talking about Spencer Strider on the Just Baseball show about how like Strider has the confidence to just throw so many strikes. He throws 71% strikes. It's crazy because he feels like most of the time they're not going to hit it. That's what's happening with Taj Bradley. He's that confident. And as we're seeing, that confidence is turning into a lot of whiffs. So really good talent here that the Rays have. Big time. Next up, we got Spencer Jones, outfielder, New York Yankees. This is someone I know we are the high guys on, um, maybe besides Spencer Jones's family. Um, I'm so in on Jones, it's crazy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all the way in on what this guy can be. 22nd overall pick, first round over, you know, first round. Uh, last year by the Yankees. He's a six seven center fielder with above average speed and elite power. What does that sound like, Jack? Uh that sounds like number ninety-nine. <laughs> yeah. It does. And obviously a lot of things need to go right. But if there's a 0.51% ch- whatever minute number you want to throw out, percent chance of him becoming that. That is a special prospect. But what I like about Jones is like you don't have to imagine that hard. For those watching on YouTube, you can see the swing here. It's not like we're, we're saying, oh, if this, 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 and this happens, then Spencer Jones 
can be that guy. Like you don't have to close your eyes or or squint that hard to see Spencer Jones, the perennial All Star, yeah. twenty one years old. His development was kind of stifled a bit because of he was a two way player. Tommy John surgery, then that kind of delayed him getting consistent abs. So he didn't really get a full offensive season. Also, he was trying to figure out what he was going to be if he was going to come back as a pitcher or full time as a hitter. Gets a full offensive season and does what he did his final year at Vandy. And then so far this year, more whiff than you'd like to see. But, I mean, pummeling baseballs, got off to a great start, has slowed down a little bit since. Um, but jumping straight to high A is a guy with limited college at-bats, still 21 years old, going to be 22 soon, um, playing good center field. Spencer Jones could be an elite talent and and one of the best prospects in baseball with with a good year this year. Okay, so I echo a lot of the positive sentiments. But I ask you, how concerned are you with 22 punch outs and 62 plate appearances to open his high A career? Yeah, not ideal. <laughs> um, it's been the last couple games. And he punched out four times. I think he had the, the golden sombrero last game against uh, the Rome Braves. Okay. So that, that doesn't help. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm a little concerned. But what's crazy is we saw the first few games. I'm like, oh, there's not a lot of swing and miss there. And then over the last couple games, it's been a little bit worse. He's crushing fastballs, 90% zone contact on the fastballs. Uh, I, I think he's mostly struggling with the breaking balls so far. Uh, we'll see how that continues. It's his first full pro season. He looked great in low A last year. I think it's a little bit of a just a rough patch right now in high A after getting off to a great start. Remember, this is his first full pro season. I'll be concerned probably end of May if he's whiffing at a 33 34% clip. Um, but right now I chalk it up to just, you know, a couple bad games. You, Got you. You, you take away that Rome series and all of a sudden he's, you know, striking out 22% of the time. So it is a little concerning though, because that, that wasn't what we saw in the early going of this year when he hit two home runs at Aberdeen and, you know, wasn't really striking out that much through the first handful of games. Right. Hey, I know we've talked about this, but can you scroll down to the video again real quick? So Jones, you know, like, Everybody wants to make the the judge comp, right? Everybody wants to say, hey, big man, play center field. This swing is like very Otani. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. It it really is. I think I have it in the write-up. It's when you're that big, optimize your moves. Have your setup pretty much where you want to be in your load. So that's what Otani does. Judge basically does it. All he does is pull his hands backwards like a rubber band. Um, And then you have Otani or, or you have Jones who's doing the similar thing. Hands are already slotted. Weight's already pretty stacked on his backside. It's a quick load and go. Um, that's why I think he's going to be able to limit the whiffs as he gets more accustomed to just everyday at-bats. He's also playing center field. Uh, and again, like he only had one full collegiate season. So I, I do think that it might take a little bit of time. Uh, but I think he's a really, really, really special talent. And I think he's going to be similar to, to this year's James Wood. I really do think so. Hopefully he gets the whiffs down a bit, uh, but he's already putting up the 110s, 111, 113 mile per hour exit velocities. That's awesome. And he's looked pretty good in center field. So hopefully, hopefully the whiffs stay in check uh, because that's obviously the one thing to watch here. For sure. Next up, Kyle Harrison, who's off to kind of a weird start. Left-handed pitching prospect, San Francisco Giants. Uh, We've heaped a lot of praise on Kyle Harrison. And much deserved. He is a very talented pitching prospect who's just 21 years old, who has made a mockery 
of his competition through the lower levels through his first couple seasons. Third round pick, overslot guy by the Giants in 2020. Um, it hasn't really been there for him this year. It is worth noting that he's 21 and they have him in AAA, um, which is obviously an aggressive assignment. Uh, but man, he he has struggled through his first four appearances at the AAA level this year. I'll break down the arsenal, but I kind of want to start there. I, 13 walks, 12 strikeouts, and nine innings. Yeah, four starts, nine innings. And I'm pulling up the game log here. Um, season debut, home against El Paso, two innings, four walks. Then later that week, doesn't get out of the first inning, allows two hits, three earned walks, four. Then three and a third, two walks, and then three innings, three walks. I don't know what's going on there. Because, like, Harrison, yeah, there were, you know, starts that command got away from last year, but they were, those were few and far between. Like, this is crazy, man. I mean, in his first two and two-thirds innings, he had eight walks, and those came in the same week. It's, you know, and the command was a question. We were definitely worried about that uh, in terms of him reaching a ceiling. But to your point, he used to be able to – or last year he was overcoming that because he would just – be able to get whiffs. <laughs> so falls behind you 2-0, and oh, okay, dial back in, fastball, 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 see ya. Like that's what he was able to do. And maybe you're not able to do that as much in AAA. I fall behind you. Now guys are fouling off fastballs. They're battling. Uh, even if you make a good pitch, they're bat- you got to make more pitches. It's just that simple. In AAA, strike zone is tighter, and you got to make more pitches. you got to execute more pitches. And it's putting more pressure on him. In terms of stuff, it's a plus fastball. It's a plus slider. It's an above average changeup, but it doesn't matter if no one's swinging at it. And yeah. so far, you know what the approach is to, to Kyle Harrison? Don't, Don't swing. take the bat off your shoulder. Yeah. 35% swing rate. It's Edward Julian esque every single time that, that, you know, he's throwing a pitch. That's the problem. Ultimately, though, he could have a fully lost year at 20, uh, 21 in AAA, and it's fine. You don't want to see that from the second-best left-handed pitching prospect in baseball. Um, but how, how concerned are you? I don't know. Like, it, it felt so aggressive. And, you know, I I heard the offseason remarks from Farhan Zaidi and from Gabe Kapler in regards to Kyle Harrison, where it was like, we think that he's going to be a really big part of the future really soon. Like next year. It was bizarre. Yeah, like, okay, so don't place those burdens on a 21-year-old pitcher. Um, If he proves it again for a brief cameo and double, then you get him up to triple. But he controls his own destiny, man. Like, I don't need my GM saying, like, yeah, this guy's going to be up by the All-Star break. It's like, no, that's not how this shit works. If you're good, you're up. Um, I thought that this was really aggressive. I know that he was really good in double last year and he was there for several months. A 21 year old, like don't start him in the PCL Sacramento's a launch pad. Like don't do that to him. And they did it to him and they did it to him. And you know, he did have 84 innings at double a last year. So I I guess like, do you think they just thought he didn't have anything else to prove? 84 innings. He punched out 127. I guess. So, like, maybe he's just not rising to the occasion. It would have been nice to maybe see a couple starts in double. Um, but he put up good numbers in double last year. So, it's a weird it's a weird spot. Now you don't want to relegate him. Like, you can't do that. So, he's just got to fight through it. And and that's that's the crazy part. He's just got to kind of battle through it. Um, 
I'm not sounding the alarms. I, I'm not overly, overly, overly concerned. Um, but it's something to watch because if he has another outing where he walks more than he strikes out, like that's not the 33rd ranked prospect in baseball. So uh, I think the talent's off the charts. He's, he could be very, 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 very good. He's got a lot of time to figure it out. And lefties tend to be later bloomers with the command. I think he'll be just fine. But, you know, I thought the last outing was better too. I thought he looked a lot better in his last outing where he went three innings, five Ks, one hit, no runs, three walks. Hopefully that's a sign of better days ahead from like three really, walks. really still isn't great. You know what I mean? No, of, of course not. Of course not. But hopefully it's a sign of, you know, better days ahead for one of the most talented, you know, pitching prospects in the game. Next up, another really talented arm who we've yet to really see much at all this year from. Uh, Bobby Miller, right-handed pitching prospect with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Miller is a really interesting Jekyll and Hyde type pitching prospect at times. Um, you know, right now, he, he's on the shelf with shoulder discomfort, I believe. Um, he, he was burned by the long ball last year. Which is okay when you have to pitch in Tulsa in the Texas League, and then you have to pitch in the PCL, which is what he did. Mm. Uh, but over his last, I think it was like six or seven starts, he gave up a homer in every single start. Mm. That said, he also gave you flashes of in his last handful of starts: eleven Ks, eleven Ks, nine Ks, three Ks, seven Ks, fourteen Ks, four Ks. Super weird. Uh, when he's on, though, he looks like an ace. He looks like Walker Bueller. When he's not on, he looks like that struggling stuff over command guy. Um, you hope he's somewhere in the middle, but right now he just needs to be healthy. Yeah, I hope that you know he can. Obviously, I hope that he can look more like an ace, but I, I, I do think that he is better in lower leverage situations, um, which is the burden of the Dodgers system. Like their starters go two innings, two and two thirds innings uh, at the lower levels of the minor leagues. And Miller was babied as a college arm and he was thriving in that babied role. I do like that they took the leash off and he threw 112 innings last year. Um, But again, in not great environments, I wonder what his first big league taste is going to look like, honestly. Because if they say, here's the ball and go, I I think he may be a bit better than, hey, man, like you're on eggshells. You may get optioned after this one. Well, with the shoulder discomfort, too, do they go back to babying him a little bit? Um, I don't know. I don't want them to, but that's when he was most successful. Last year in the minor leagues, for reference, his his fastball averaged 99.1 miles per hour. He was the hardest thrower in the minors last year. Um, Mason Miller obviously wasn't really throwing. Um, and still somehow Mason Miller in the Arizona Fall League in a handful of innings almost, I think was like second or third on the leaderboard of most 100-mile-per-hour pitches. Bobby Miller had 166 fastballs that registered 100 miles per hour or above. Um, that's a ton. <laughs> that's up there with just about any big league starter as well. Um, that just shows you what kind of ability he has with the four-seamer and the sinker. Uh, slider and curveball have both looked plus at points. Changeup has flashed above average. In terms of Arsenal, it's one of the best in in baseball, in minor league baseball. But the command, sometimes a little shaky. And the fastball, at times, though high velocity, gets hit a little bit, you know, like Hunter Green-esque. Uh, but the stuff is there. Uh, this, is a, this is a guy that has the potential to be a number two, number three type uh, that gives you flashes of ace stuff. But right now he needs to get healthy. And show that he can, you know, 
stay deep into starts. But what's crazy is the velocity held deep into starts last year. So I think it really is just about health and, and command. And I thought he showed strides with both last year. So it's really just can he get back from the shoulder ailment right now? Yeah. And the last thing on Bobby is I I met him in 2018 when he was like a skinny, lanky guy. He has transformed his body. And I know mm-hmm. that that guy does as much to take care of his body and, and create this monstrous physique as anybody in minor league baseball. So if anyone's going to bounce back and like not really feel this shoulder thing, it'll be Bobby Miller and the way he takes care of himself. Yeah, that's that's all you can really ask for too. Uh, control the controllable, and you know Miller does his part of it. Yeah. Another Dodger at 31, Diego Cartaya, catching prospect in that system. Cartaya, we know what he can do with the bat. It's it's pretty special raw power. So a lot of similarities with Francisco Alvarez here. Uh, I think obviously Alvarez better. Um, because Alvarez is like the same age, which is crazy. And again, there's a reason why Alvarez is you got to be patient with him. You know, they're both 21 years old. Uh, but Cartaya, big time power off to a very slow start this year in double A, uh, but put up crazy power numbers last year. It's another guy that obviously we're high on. He's a 31st ranked prospect, but I feel like I'm a little bit lower on him than, than a lot of others. Th- there's some questions about the defense. You know, how's the defensive profile? There's some questions about the hit tool. So it's a power heavy profile with a questionable, like, you know, the makeup helps, but he's kind of thickened out. He's not moving as well behind the dish as he's continued to fill out. If he's not an impact defender, there's a lot of pressure on him just to be a power hitter. This is a guy that I'm, I'm mentally preparing to drop down the list potentially. So I was going to ask you why you're lower than everybody else on Cartaya, and that answers some of it. Um, I also know that, you know, Alvarez is sliding for some of those same concerns. So I guess like the next question for you is how much Alvarez do you see in Cartaya? See, the thing is, is I almost wish I saw more (laughs) because at least with Alvarez, you know, he's sticking behind the dish, which I think Cartaya ultimately is. But Alvarez, like we're seeing that power translate into game power right away. Uh, he's running into baseball still. Uh, Cartaya like hasn't totally, totally sold me on like being able to at least be a mistake hitter at at the upper levels. Like at least we saw Alvarez rake through high a destroy double a. And then when he ran into some swing and miss issues in triple, he still hit a lot of home runs. So like, that's my concern with Cartaya is like the hit tool might be even fringier than than Francisco Alvarez's, which is a problem. Um, that's yeah. Like I, I almost wish Cartaya was 20 and I could say like, Oh, like be a little bit more patient. Yes. Yeah. He's still young for double, but he, he whiffed a little bit more than I'd like to see in high a last year. Uh, Alvarez wasn't quite whiffing that much in the zone. So yeah, but the power numbers were good enough to ignore the whiff. Yeah, for sure. Was it 22 pumps? Um, that's Overall, really, really 22 good. pumps between low and high A, 62 games, 13 doubles, 13 homers and high A. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really, really good. Let's look at like Francisco Alvarez. He would have been, I think, even on a different level than that. Yeah. So he, Alvarez is two months younger. And last year, 27 home runs between double A AA and triple A as a 20-year-old. Um, so a year younger, similar whiff and walk numbers, level higher, two levels higher. So – that that's that's what we're looking at here, right? Is is somebody that doesn't have the double A, triple A success? Some of the same questions. To me, they're very far apart. 
until until Cartaya starts swinging it in double. All right, but also he's a thirty first ranked prospect, so I got to keep some praise here. So like, why is he the thirty first ranked prospect? Well, makeups off the charts. Earns a lot of thing, a lot of high grades on on the way that he calls games, and then you know we've seen some some big big power in, in, in flashes. 90th percentile is at 104 is solid. I mean, Alvarez is like 108, 109. So that's also on a different level. But the way that this guy gets the ball in the air, only a 31% ground ball rate. That's incredible. Um, he will translate plus raw power into plus game power. There'll be no power lost there as he just lifts the ball and his spray chart's something to behold. He's put up exit velocities as high as 113, 114. So like the, the power is there and he taps into it in game. That's why I think you could see 30, 35 home runs here. And I think that's why there's a lot to like with the way he gets the ball in the air, but there's going to be a whiff. So it's going to be interesting to see a, a lot of people compared him and have compared him to Salvador Perez. I can see that. Um, but yeah, he's, he's got to find some, some more consistency with the stick there. And um, I think he could still grow into some more power in terms of the raw exit velocities, but he already hits the ball in the air enough to be, to be good in that department. Gotcha. Next up, Brian Ramos, another player who's I don't think has played yet this year, which which sucks because I am so excited to see him. And we are the the high guys on Brian Ramos, third baseman of the Chicago White Sox as well. Uh, He is a really, really well-rounded talent and much needed for that Birmingham team because we talked about Project Birmingham last year, man. It's the opposite this year. That team stinks. That's the worst minor league team I've watched in a while, that double-A affiliate uh, for the Chicago White Sox. But Ramos, I see above-average hit tool, I see plus power, and I see above-average defense at third. Just a really well-rounded prospect who put up really good numbers as a young player, 20-year-old, um, you know, at, at high A last year and double. So Ramos, yes, like he wasn't that good at at double at project. No, he got forced up there. Yeah, but like he was in high A, so I guess that would be one of the guys where it kind of makes sense. Colson Montgomery didn't make any sense. Like a couple of guys like that just made no sense. But um, you know, Colos was one that made a lot of sense to be there. He was already going to be in Birmingham. Um, Ramos, yes, uh, I I totally hear you on that, and I love the power idea. I think that White Sox fans should start to get excited about what the the post Yoan Moncada era looks like. And Moncada is a very hit or miss guy. Um, when he was on the field this year, he was great, but he's been on the IL with a back issue since the first nine games. Um, unfortunately, he's under contract for a good bit more. He's got twenty four million owed to him next year, and then a club option at twenty five. Assuming they turn that down. It might be Brian Ramos as the opening day third baseman in 2025. I would love that because I, I was really impressed with the strides he's made with the glove. And, and I think he's on the shelf with a groin issue right now. Um, I still see room for more power, which is saying a lot because he's already putting up a 104 mile per hour, 90th percentile exit velocity. His bat speed is, is twit, like twitchy bat speed. It, he explodes on baseballs. It's a slow, early load. He gets coiled and, it, it looks good. Like that swing plays. And what I like is, yeah, he struggled in double A as a 20 year old. He didn't strike out that much. He didn't whiff that much. And he held true to his approach, which is a really advanced approach. 23% chase rate, overall pretty good swing decisions. He's going to keep getting better in that department. I think he's going to ultimately be a guy that walks a lot more, 
um, makes plenty of contact and hits the ball hard and plays good defense at third. This is a really, really well-rounded player uh, that I think is only going to get better and better. And still just 21 years old. Really excited to see him debut soon. Uh, this for, for 2023, excuse me, like just to get back off that injury. Uh, and, and I think he's got special offensive talent. Gotcha. Next up, Jason Dominguez. And funny enough, the Yankees outfield prospect recently, I think is one of his cards is up for auction right now on golden auctions and about to go for like 80 grand. It's like, he's out of five or out of whatever it is. And Darren Ravel's like, he's one for 30 and double A he's hitting all 50 and someone's going to pay for this. Who cares? It's early. It is early, but he is off to a slow start. Um, which is surprising because I wouldn't have been surprised if he didn't have such a good finish to last year. Yeah. Uh, and, and show the flashes that he showed last year. And if he didn't have the spring training that he had this year against a lot of big league competition, he's off to a very, very slow start. Three walks in his last game, though. Hopefully that's you know sometimes what you need to see to kind of get rolling. I'm not too worried about him. I've highlighted the swing changes that he's made. He just turned 20. Um, I, I'm not worried about Jason Dominguez. He, he's an elite prospect and uh, has already worked through so much um, for such a young player and has really – honed in on that swing i think he'll, he'll he'll be just fine he got an he has like maybe the weirdest uh stat page that you will find in minor league baseball at this point <laughs> 13 games he's three for 39 so he's hitting 077 but he's got 15 walks so he's got an 077 batting average he's getting on base at a 327 clip when he's three for 39 <laughs> two of his three hits are a double and a bomb um, he's nine for 10 in the stolen base department. It's so weird what he's yeah. doing right now. But so like, that's the thing. He is sucking and he's still but helping. Like he doesn't suck. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He's, like that's pr- like, I don't know how his defense has been through 13 games. He's probably pumping out a positive F war there with nine bags, a 327 on base and playing center field. If if there was minor league F four, it wouldn't be negative. I don't think. Like the point being, like this guy's tools across the board, and I saw enough with the hit tool last year to to feel good about that translating to at least average. I think it'll be above. For whatever reason, he's off to this shaky start. I wouldn't sweat it, Yankee fans. This is a five tool outfielder. Even if he does move to a left, he could be a plus defender in left. You think if, if he stays in center, average defender. You think he just spends the entire year in double? No, <laughs> no. Like I, I actually think I think he gets it rolling, and and they bring him up to triple by the end of the year. Got you. I do, and I think that that'll benefit him. Tighter strike zone. He's a guy that has a great approach. We're seeing that. It's going to keep getting better. Next up, Mason Wynn. Have you seen Mason Wynn? Yeah, I watched him for a week last week. So Cardinals outfield or Cardinals shortstop prospect. What'd you see? Because this is a special talent in terms of speed, the best arm in the minor leagues. What'd you see from Mason? I saw a lot of swing and miss. That's you know, like, I hate being that negative guy, but I mean, like there are a lot of things to be really excited about. I saw a great defender. He played some second with Paul DeYoung in a rehab assignment, and he looked great at second base. I don't think that he's a second baseman. I think he's a shortstop. Because, again, best arm in the minor leagues, like maybe a better arm than O'Neill Cruz. Um, I, I see a guy that can have elite range, elite, elite range. 
Uh, but when, you know, I've seen not a lot of walks and I've seen 24 punch outs and 96 plate appearances. And like, that was very indicative. It felt like he was falling behind 0102 immediately in plate appearances against pitchers that like are not as good as him. And yes, he saw Luis Ortiz and Quinn Priester. And like, we've talked about Osvaldo Beto, who I think will like get a chance with the Pirates. That guy's really good too. But then there are some other guys, like some 30 somethings that, you know, just should not be getting ahead of Mason win. Owen two right away. Such is the burden of being a 21 year old. That's, that's what I was going to say. Very young 21 year old as well. Like he just turned 21. So you say like he's more talented than some of those other guys, but at the same time, they're so much more advanced. Yeah. They know way more baseball than he does. So do you kind of just see him getting overmatched in terms of just like picked apart sequencing wise? Like, yeah, or is it like yeah. fastball down the middle two zero and he's whiffing? Like, no, no, no. It's it's more like I think that they are executing their pitches against him 0-0 and 0-1 and putting him behind the eight ball immediately in plate appearances. And that's what you got to deal with in triple. Um, I think that Jordan Walker was ready to handle that because Jordan Walker is a bat prospect. Like he is a generational bat Mason Wynn does so many other things aside from with the stick that I think, you know, this was going to be an aggressive assignment that rears its head. Which is which is fine. And I think, you know, there are no rush to promote Mason Wynn. This is a guy that I think spends the whole year here, really gets to work through things, gets to you know, really learn a lot from more advanced guys, big league guys like Paul DeYoung, who have played shortstop at the big league level on a very high level, at an all-star level. So I think it's good for him to be there ultimately, even as a young 21-year-old. We see the Cardinals do that very often. Chase rate's up 7% this year, so maybe pressing a little bit. Uh, yeah. I think more advanced pitchers are exploiting that a little bit more. Uh, but eight for eight on bags. The speed is legit. You mentioned the arm. You mentioned the range. He's a special talent. Be patient, Cardinals fans. Like This is one where it's like he's 21 and triple. Uh, he'll be 21 the whole season. Uh not worried about the struggles. He'll learn a lot. I don't have any worries about this kid's confidence either. Uh, yeah. I think he'll be just just fine. A couple more real quick before Jack jumps for his game, um, which I'm excited to tune into. Uh, we've got Zach Neto, shortstop, LA Angels. Um, we don't need to spend too much time on Neto because this guy is fantastic. Uh, he has been really solid at the big league level. Playing a high level of shortstop too, uh, which is great to see because I, I have a – 50 to 55 on the glove. And I think that's what he'll ultimately be, but it's great to see him be that right away. And he is that right away. Uh, Bat continues to look better and better. Potential plus hitter above average power. Great move to call him up. You know, he obviously hasn't been like taking the world by storm, but he's obviously been better than David Fletcher from day one. And man, he just looks comfortable up there. The game doesn't look fast for him. This is a guy that's going to be an above average shortstop for a long time. And I think he's going to make some all-star appearances. Yeah, I think so, too. And Neto, I mean, I saw and it might just be a weird sample type thing, but I saw Neto was what leading shortstops and outs above average at some point, you know, 10 games into his. It's a weird sample thing, but it's also not totally a fluke. Um, He's playing good shortstop. (laughs) I I was I got to catch him in person in in New York. Uh, I've been watching as many games as I can because it's fun and I love him. And he looks comfortable out there. He looks really, really good. And and his at bats have been good overall. So real quick question. What do you think of the leg kick? I think he's, he's made it work. Okay. I think this is a dude that's just made it work. If, if he had swing and miss issues, sure. But he gets it started so early and gets into his back hip so early that he's seeing the ball. He's such a good athlete. He was a pitcher too, mind you. Like that move for him is 
in his sleep. So I'm not worried about it. You know who else does that is, um, and, and this guy's been hurt, but Luis Urias with the Brewers. Urias has a huge knee kick. And like, you don't want to hear that the number 27 ranked prospect in baseball is being comp to Luis Urias because you hope that he's better than Luis Urias. But Luis Urias is also a pretty good ball player. Yeah, and put him at shortstop gonna... and give him some more speed. And it's not the worst comp. <laughs> exactly. So like Urias, he's got that huge knee kick, but he drops it in time to get timed up. And like, that's what this guy has been doing. And he's seen big league success. So when I see someone like Luis Urias do that, I think somebody with probably more talent in Zach Neto can do that. Uh, better athlete, more talent. I agree. And also he did it in double. He hasn't looked over my, if he starts getting blown up by fastballs and they're on him, I'm like, Ooh, then readjust. Yeah. Never seen it. Never seen it. Last guy. And also he does quiet it down uh, with two strikes and kind of simplifies things. Last up number 26, big time power pitching prospect, Gavin Williams, another Cleveland guardians arm cracks the list here. And uh, we've talked about him a lot, so we don't need to go too deep into it. I want to more just highlight his last start where it was special. Five innings against Harrisburg in double A. No hits, no runs, one walk, eight Ks. He has now punched out, I believe it's it's 30 while walking three through his first 14 and a thirds innings. 20 while walking three. Jeez, oh, I, I can't add now. 20 <laughs> while walking three. Um, this, is, this is a really good pitcher, man. Why is he not in triple yet? You need to see him soon. You might see him soon. Like this week, I hope I see him this week. If Bybee's up and like Logan Allen just got his shot, three starts and double, man. I mean, you just walk through the numbers. There are so many things that I can point to here. Six hits and 14 to third. Holy shit. Crazy. 20 to three K to BB ratio. Like, holy shit. Crazy. This guy, when when we talk about Bybee being as good as he's been, you take a gander at what Gavin Williams has done. 28 starts in the minor leagues, 130 innings. This guy's got a 1-8-1 ERA, and he's punched out 169 guys in 129 innings. He and Bybee as a tandem are a joke in a good way. And it, these it, are it, guys it, that, like, the Guardians had one of the best systems in baseball, and you didn't factor in Bybee and Williams at this point last year pretty much. They are acing these drafts. And what, what stands out to me in, like, a watered-down double-A sense is – Similar to the like looking at Spencer Strider today, what Williams is doing to double A hitters is Strider esque. Of course, it's all relative, yeah. but fastball slider, sixty percent fastball usage. That's what Strider does. Seventy one percent strike rate on the fastball. That's what Strider does. Twenty six percent end zone whiff rate on the fastball. That's exactly what Strider does. Forty percent chase rate. Exactly what Strider does. So the fastball data again, it's double A, but again, it's he's a notch down from Spencer Strider. Is there? Slider usage, 25%. That's exactly where Strider's at. 71% strike rate, identical. Um, end zone whiff rate of 30%, identical. They look like carbon copies. So if you're able to put up Spencer Strider stats and data in double A, that's a pretty damn good pitcher even at the big league level as well. So, And I think Williams is going to keep getting better. But the pitch usage, the strike uh, efficiency, and the end zone whiff in double A is similar. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's using Strider as a template. So Strider just went eight shutout with 13 Ks against the Marlins offense. What does Gavin Williams do against the Marlins offense tomorrow? <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> uh, if you catch him on the right day, he could, he could give you six strong. Uh, but the point being is he kind of has that template, that blueprint. 
Yeah. And and he's executing it. And we've had a couple of pitchers on the pod that say they kind of like to look to big league pitchers that have that template that they lay out and use that. And I, I think we're seeing Gavin Williams do that with the two pitch domination and, and starting to show sprinkle in just enough of that change up, just enough of that third or fourth pitch with the curveball too, to keep you honest. But man, it's the fastball slider that does does wonders for him. And he's got frontline potential as he continues to develop. Still extremely young and early in his development. So special talent there. 70 fastball, 60 breaking ball. Like that's always going to play. That'll do it for this episode. We are into the final stretch here of the final 25. We'll start with Ezekiel Tovar uh, on the next episode. Kind of a weird guy to start with, unfortunately. But looking forward to doing that. We'll let you go to your game, Jack. Have a great call. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we look forward to talking prospects with you tomorrow. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.